Hello, Sky friends, and welcome to Seasons of Skyrend, Book 3. We're a custom 5e D&D adventure that focuses on the stories of our characters as they explore their impact on the world and how the world responds in turn. I am your host and DM, Scott, and you can find me on Twitter at TheScottBlake. Hi, I'm Chris. I play Iolana Makani, the Air Genasi Mystic, and you can find me at Killer on Twitter. Hi, my name is Nate. I play Darwin Grimm, the Human Monk, and you can find me at Skyren underscore Nate on Twitter. Hi, I'm Shannon. I play Aranis Gray, also known as Gray the Great to my fans, and the Bard of the Bard's Rebellion. I am a half-elf bard, and you can find me at Skyren underscore Shannon on Twitter. And you can find the show on Twitter at Skyren Podcast. You can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast. Head on over to find out about bonus chapters, early access, NPC creation, and more. Now then, thank you for joining us, and please enjoy this chapter in Seasons of Skyrend. Elizabeth is feeling pretty satisfied with herself right now. God, I want to smack her. Found stupid face. the man responsible for all this by his own admission, at least, willing to entertain the outside possibility that it's a coincidence, but is not going to look your confession in the mouth, especially after you've answered so much truthfully here. Well, Mister Gray, are you saying you accept fault? For what's happened here. For what's happened everywhere. For what's happening right now. No. (laughs) How? How? How is that no? A task was put in front of me. I completed that task. There were consequences of those actions that I had no idea were going to happen. I accept a certain amount of responsibility that, that, you know... There are consequences for killing a god, of course, but I refuse to take complete fault for something which, and I give Darwin the most, I'm sorry, buddy, look, (laughs) I possibly can, and say, I refuse to take full responsibility for something which Coram had to know was a possibility, Hmm. or was in fact going to happen when I killed Patches, Pathox. It's okay. Would you then consent to appearing before the king to determine how guilty you are? I'm just sitting under the window, meditating, <laughs> listening to the whole thing, waiting. No. <sighs> then who do we hold accountable? Patches. Gorham. And I give Darwin another, oh god, buddy, I'm sorry. <clears throat> the god of death. Well, if you don't want to face the king's judgment, you need to do something to fix this. Let's go on the dwarf artifact quest. Hmm. We could go on many a quest, but... There have been a a few different ideas thrown about here. One is, let's just go get Patches' body and try to resurrect him. I think getting his body is a good idea anyway. The dwarves have said that they've got an artifact that might be able to help cure people. Back in Ismara's former homeland, the Protectorate of Stone. Who else? Holrock and Mercikeen have just said they would help outfit an expedition, so if you did need to go somewhere, like they could provide weapons and tools, and perhaps even a means. The dwarves are ready with all sorts of different, like, cool machinery type things. They're definitely the ones who could excavate a hole faster than anybody else. Oh, gosh. Your mom is still here. <laughs> Court and Sorrow are returning the favor. Their homeland was diseased and dying, and you all came to save them, and did. They're still in the process of healing from that, but they're getting better. Now that something even worse is happening to even more, Court just feels obligated. It's only right. Adriana Bowfall. Well... Their guilt aside, I do believe that the Vice Count would want us to find a solution before we place blame. 
Because if we can lessen the impact, perhaps they won't need to suffer nearly as much. Arnus gives his mommy the smallest smile that he can possibly, like, muster. Like, thanks, mom. All right. Darwin or Arnus, please do something before I do something even bigger. Yeah. Oh, dear. I'm I'm worried about that. Um, Yeah, let's do something. If you guys don't pick a direction, things will have to happen. I think initially I want to help with the just li- the literal just like excavation of of the like hole in town. Yeah, sure, why not? Seeing what can be learned from Patrice's body, if anything. I mean, it's probably just mushed by now. But I want to start there. Okay. And I look right back at I look straight at Elizabeth and I say, "You want me to help? Give me a shovel." Okay. Are there any of the other ideas here that you also want to entertain? Um, I'm interested. Any of them will take a time commitment. I mean, I'm I'm interested in the thing about the like about the Dwarven artifacts. Mm-hmm. Um, Arnus is wary of anything that's an artifact at this point because he's worried that whatever this artifact is, it might be something that belongs to the Dwarven God and he doesn't need any more of them pissed off at him. And uh, so he's interested in it, but I think he would be more willing to offer them caution and a warning than he would to be like going to get it himself. Because... Mm. I really, he just, he doesn't need that on his head. Okay. The reason I want to do that is because getting out of here seems like not that bad an idea. Yeah. What I actually want to do is almost nothing to do with what's going on here, (laughs) which is to see if I can go get Vale. Okay. Well, I will tell you that Hemert and Ismara are not about to go get this artifact on their own. No. There's only two of them. They don't stand a chance reclaiming the Protectorate of Stone. They would need, like, a small army or some very skilled adventurers. (laughs) So if people aren't throwing resources and weaponry their way, they will bide their time there. In the meantime, they are certainly willing to help get this excavation going. They've got great tools. Yes, Ilana? I wasn't actually going to speak for Ilana. I was going to speak for Mavic. Oh, yeah, Mavic's here. Um, or we can speak for Wingwin and keep up the facade that she's in charge. Yeah, actually, that's exactly what's going to happen. Uh, he is very subtly, he's going to give her a nod and she's going to know exactly what to do. And she's going to offer the assistance to the dwarves to go get that powerful magical artifact. <laughs> oh, I didn't even oh, think man. about that. I did not and think I'm about that. I'm not even that. here. That's, that's good. That's good. They will take you up on that offer as soon as they can get their equipment from their ship loaded onto shore to help begin this excavation process. Like the planning. They're not going to run off today, but the planning for it. Oh, Mavic. Okay. Now that's delightful. I think with a bit of direction here now, people are willing to work towards that. If nothing else, it's a distraction from how bad things are getting. So Count Vera and Countess Arena are willing to wrap this meeting up if people can get acting on this excavation right away. The dwarves have no problem with that. Who wants to help? I got you. Oh. You know what? I have other plans. Okay. Things I need to do. I'll be very interested about those other plans. But first... Oh, everybody's here at the building. Wonderful. How decked out did you all come? How much your stuff you got with you? Here's a question. Since my duck armor no longer functions. It's still magical. But the It doesn't have plus one. It has it's waterproof, right? It's still it considered magical armor, but right now the only property it conveys is waterproof. Waterproof, yeah. <laughs> cool. I have changed back into my other set of armor. My mm-hmm. just, uh, my leather armor. Um and uh unless somebody told me otherwise, I would have brought my stuff. All your stuff? Yeah, I don't... Your full adventuring pack? (laughs) Well, I probably don't have the pack, but I definitely, like, I'm wearing my, like, Sir Carl belt buckle, right? And I'm, like, right, I've got my loot, and I have my dagger. I would have brought my, like, stuff, knowing that... Should the shitteth 
hit the fan <laughs> right like but you don't have like your bedroll and all your torches and your like ropes no and your old armor or sorry your duck armor which is now your old armor i guess yeah sort of uh, no it's your new old armor yeah i no i don't i don't have that okay darvin what about you i guess same logic i wouldn't have brought all my adventuring gear but probably a sword although i might not have brought the sword but i probably did anyway you have okay. a leg sword. I do have a leg sword, so if I felt it inappropriate to bring the sword, I might have left it at home and been like, I don't need it. But if you're bringing your loot, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's all in your adventuring gear? Or the stuff that you didn't bring? I mean, is it just like a basic adventuring Dungeoneers pack or whatever? Yeah, mm-hmm. plus anything uh, else we would have picked oh, up. Oh, do you have right? like your bow with you? I'm going to assume that Ooh. you got that back out of your kangaroo because it was not destroyed before the end of that fight, I don't think. Um... That would probably be... So, like, your bow, your arrow, that sword on a chain, That thing boots. was cool. I'm going to assume you got all that back out of the kangaroo. Would you have brought all of those things with you? Probably not. Okay. I don't think so. I'm just trying to, like, in my head, figure out how ready for a brawl or running away you all look right now. Uh-oh. Oh, I mean, decently ready for a brawl, less so for, like, like actively just picking up and yeah. running away. Yeah. Ilana, what do you have with you? Uh, I think most of my stuff. I think the only thing I would have left behind would be like my actual like campsite. Like if I didn't, if I left it behind, I wouldn't mind losing it. So like my bedroll and my fishing tackle, like some of the larger things. You had a fishing I tackle. Fishing tackle, yeah. I'm an <laughs> island person. Like I, know, I just it blows my mind. Like, oh, fishing tackle, sure. Yeah. Okay. But most of my gear I have with me. Last time, if I'm remembering the chain of possession correctly, Aranus started off with Vale's journal. I still have that and it's on me. Yes. And gave it to Iolana. You showed your father or you just told him about it? Uh, told him about it. No, he looked at it because we're on the beach and I handed it to him. I'll try you're on the beach, not a rooftop. Because you're island folk. You went down to the beach. Okay. So you still have Vale's journal. That's mm-hmm. good. I'm just trying to keep track of where things are and where they're not. So, the meeting wraps up. Hemert and Ismara quickly make their way to the docks so they can get back to their ship so they can start bringing ashore tools and various equipment to begin an excavation process. Some of this will be very plain and simple. Shovels, picks, buckets, what have you. Being very crafty, They also have some magical items that will help make this go faster. Ways to get through ornery rocks. Plants that are in the way. They've probably got like levitating buckets to help get debris out faster. So they don't need like people with ropes or people climbing a ladder all day. But like since it's magic and they don't care about who's carrying it, like pretty big buckets. Like take a wine keg, cut it in half. Boom. And they're bringing all of that stuff ashore. (sighs) I think that's going to take most of the rest of the afternoon just because their ship is not anchored directly at the dock. They're just a short ways off the dock. People aren't being allowed to leave, so people had to park somewhat out to sea. Yeah, so some people are anchored a little bit offshore, and that's going to take the rest of the day. So, Darwin, Aranis, Ilana, when you get back to your rooms, you each find that something has been taken from you. Darwin, just your bow and arrow, your bedroll. Um, what else would be valuable? What's you got on your sheet there? Not a lot. Ooh. Darts, your, fine clues. Yeah. Your bow and arrow, your bedroll, and your dress set of clothes. Uh, ah. Damn it. My tie to the civilized world. I hope they don't take my dress set of clothes. <laughs> Probably Fates do. Pants. Oh, were you, were your tight blue pants still back in your room? I don't, yeah, I, I don't whip those out for everyday wear. Okay. In which case, Aranis, when you get back to your room, you find that your duck armor and your tight blue pants have been stolen. I like my tight pants. All right. You can always get more tight pants. All my pants are tight, but, you know. (laughs) (laughs) But those were pretty. (laughs) Yolana, when you get back to your room, your room has been tossed. They were looking for something of greater value than a bag and some fishing tackle. So although they didn't steal anything of yours, they broke everything they could. 
Oh, my fishing rod's broken. <laughs> Your fishing rod's broken. Your pack is cut up. I need um, to buy a new backpack. Um, looking at your inventory there, I definitely think your net and your robes would have been of value. Uh, so those got snatched. But whoever it was who stole from you all was very disappointed in Elana's possessions. And as you all figure this out, you come to under... Sorry, you can overhear other people complaining like, I swear I just had it in here a minute ago. It's gone. It doesn't just walk away. God damn it, Mavic. Sorry. <laughs> Not sorry. <laughs> Took me way too long to figure out that that's what had happened. Yeah. Uh, Mavic came here with the free market to steal a bunch of stuff while people were in meetings. Yep. And they did not stop at just who was in that meeting. Um, is anybody going out tonight? Yes. Darvin or Arnis? I definitely go back to the Blue Crab. All right. To play. Darvin? I might go check out his performance. Otherwise, probably not. Okay. Let's go to Iolana first. Wonderful. What are you doing tonight? I want to go steal some gloves. Oh, you're going to go to the Celestials to steal some gloves. That's the plan. Oh my god, you're going alone. Okay. No, this is great. Who do you want to steal from? Gosia or Ovid? You've not met either of these not met either of them before. Gosia is the female celestial. She has light purple robes, very light hair, and wings that kind of spread downwards. Whereas Ovid is in red robes. His wings spread up. They didn't really seem to be carrying much in that meeting. But, you know, robes hide things. So, who do you want to steal from? Sizing them up, right? I'd be looking for whichever one, if it turned south, I'd have a better chance against one-on-one. Okay, um, what do you know about Celestials? Let's roll history. 24. Okay. In your readings, in your experience... What you know about Celestials is that they do not carry visible weapons. They know how to turn cloth against their foes. Both Gosia and Ovid certainly have enough to create either very fine weapons or very large weapons. But they don't really have a warrior cast. Most Celestials are content with the gathering of information. And I think just looking at the two of them during your time in that meeting... And being invisible in that room, Gosia has not seen it. I don't want to put it that way. Ovid has a much more well-traveled face. He's seen a lot more sun. It's like when you see somebody who spends all of their time on a boat. Got it. Because he is one of the map makers and cartographers. Mm -hmm. He actually goes out to all these places. Gosia, on the other hand, is a bookworm. She spends her time in the library. But she still definitely has yeah. skills. But Ovid's the one who's actually been out in the world on a much more regular basis. So he's more likely to have encountered obstacles, let's say. Okay, then I'm going to go for Gosia. All right. I don't think it's hard to find where she's staying. The question is, how do you do this? This is my bread and butter. I'm supposed to be able to sneak in and do sorts of things like this. So I'm um, going for it. That's what I hear. I just want to know how you're doing it. I feel like being the learned person there's like a, a mental process right like it's all kind of for lack of a better putting way of putting it it's like an art for me right so the mm -hmm. first step is to prepare my mind right and to focus on the act of being you know stealthy and right and activating that ability not ability but focus and then from there it's finding my way of ingress if you will so like i know i can if i need to sneak through a hole i can you know invisible my way in so it's finding out where they are and then how do i get in it's okay. investigating the location if you will i think i want to be a little bit more direct here do you want to lift these off of her while she is awake and out in town no do you asleep. want to wait until she's asleep yeah. okay i don't know how fancy you were getting here i know you've got weird mind powers i didn't know if any of those were going to come into play but there's a go plan for, for that, but while she's sleeping makes everything easier. Okay. Huh. I guess if we want to do these chronologically. No, you know what? I was going to say, chronologically, we should go to the Blue Crab first and start this show. But also, I think Gosia and Ovid go back to their rooms at the hotel, and they just spend the rest of the day compiling notes. 
from their own records during that meeting, cross-checking it with other journals they might have with them, putting things into more of the proper format. So she's just in her room, diligently working away, and she has an early night because the Celestials are used to an early day. They get up before other people do, so that way they can catalog what everybody does. Good, yeah. So, yes, I think we can safely say that Gosia and Ovid have an early bedtime. Awesome. This is before happy hour gets into, like, hour three. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, if I know where they're staying, then the first step is to gain information. I want to know if I can, without even getting in there, find what I'm looking for. And so, for that, I'm going to find a place where I can, like, sit out in a shadow, under an awning, where it looks like I'm just maybe not conspicuous throat this is like a, a typical thing i do like i'll just throw my hood over it sit down look like a beggar with an empty like container in front of me but my brain is not there at all where's your brain focused on my phasing wandering eye what does this wandering eye look like to other people nothing okay that is very important <laughs> <laughs> it is invisible okay how far can it get from your body 60 feet Okay. Yeah, I definitely think you can find like a wall outside of the hotel and lean up against. So, all right, let's send this eye up. Is it allowed to go through solid objects? Yes, I'm paying the extra point to make it a phasing version so it can move through solid objects. Ooh. And it lasts for an hour, so I've got some time with it. All right. So you pass out on the street, huddled over, and this invisible eye just starts floating up. And passes through the walls of the hotel and into Gosia's room. This could be like the creepiest ability ever <laughs> if you misused it. Yeah, but that's not the intention. <laughs> she is asleep, slumped over a desk, all of her notebooks neatly closed and stacked. She's just so used to falling asleep at a desk that it comes much more natural. Got it. And this eye is going to look around for these gloves. Also very dangerous items in the wrong hands. Hers, maybe. (laughs) All right. Roll a perception in here. Not as well as I'd like it to be. A12. Does this eye get any special sight? Dark vision or otherwise? Dark vision, yeah. Beyond that... Can sense in all directions... Oh, actually, there's no limit to how far away I can move it it just has to come in existence within 60 feet of me okay that's cool to know um no it's just dark vision okay just dark vision all right then as your eye is looking around the room it is very dimly lit there are a couple of candles on the desk you look around she's obviously not wearing them they're not laid out on the desk they're not laid out on the bed but gosia does have a couple of small traveling packs with her so it is Unless they are hidden away in like a drawer or in the bed, uh, they would more than likely be in her bags. Unless they are literally tucked away in her robes, they are concealed somewhere. Okay. So since I've got an hour with this thing, it would be to go methodically and first check like under the bed and like just doing a more intensive check. So it would be to first check under the bed. Yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. Like you look... Under everything. Like, yeah, and in everything, because I can go well, into it, phase into it. There's no, it's pitch black when you're inside okay. of a bag. Got it. And things are like stacked on top of got one it, another. Got it. You're not getting x-ray vision with these yeah, things. Yeah. So there's nothing I can. Okay, I will eliminate a couple with that though. Okay. They're not on her person. They're not hidden in the bed somewhere. There was a nightstand. There's a single drawer in the desk and there are her bags. Unfortunately, when you phase into those to look around, there's nothing conclusive. Got it. Okay. So with that. It's like if they're wrapped up in another piece of cloth. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah obviously, I'm not running up. But that, elim- that, that eliminates my need for time in there. I can be a little less. You don't um, have to physically touch her. <laughs> that helps too. <laughs> I guess the next step is to go find my way into the room. Okay. All right. The ideal would be to find an exterior way into the room like the window yeah there's a window yes all of these rooms have windows perfect so i've misty formed through a window before can i do that again um, all right high or low veil let's see if she opened that window a crack uh, 
Let's go. Let's go high. I've been doing well today. I'm sorry. High or low, Ilana? Not Thank Vale. You. We, we caught it eventually. Uh, let's go high. I'm feeling lucky. That's oh, seven. Damn. No. Okay. Open windows causes paper to fly around. She shut that up. Got it. But you do know you can go under the doors. Yeah. So they're staying in the same hotel. Yeah. Hotel. I'm perfect. Well, then I've got every reason to be in the building. There's only the one hotel. Yeah. So I'm just going to go. It's concentration. I'm just looking at one other thing. That's fine. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and do that for my psychic focus on stealth. Okay. So you're switching over from whatever it was before now to stealth. Yeah. Okay. Or actually it was already on stealth. I just hadn't clarified that. I'm sorry. I will. I'm working on being as transparent Mm -hmm. as possible with that stuff. There's a lot I'm juggling. So psychic psychic focuses on stealth, fully focused on being not seen, Um, going up to right outside her room and then attempting to misty step right underneath that door, misty form under the door. Okay. Misty form. Yes. Yes. Misty step is totally different and that would be madness right now. Okay. You take your time, you look around, make sure nobody's watching you, turn into this misty form and just blow like a gentle fog underneath and appear inside Gosia's room where she is fast asleep hunched over a desk. This is a taller room than most, um, but it's still not exactly built to her size. Yeah. All right. And now that I'm in the room, I will dismiss my misty form because Mm -hmm. I have to do that to be able to interact with things. Can't interact with things if you're missed. And the first thing I want to check is the nightstand drawer. Okay. Go roll stealth. As you tiptoe over and try to quietly open this drawer. 20. Okay. You open this up and you quickly search through and you do not find her gloves. Instead, you only find spare papers, spare quills, spare ink. Awesome. That was helpful. So the next would be, you said there's a drawer in the desk, right? Mm -hmm. Which she is slumped over. Oh, she slumped over the door, so that's going to be the hardest, if not the impossible thing to get through, right? It would be difficult. Yeah. Let's try her bags first. Okay. So you go up to her first bag. Go ahead and roll stealth again as you're tiptoeing across the room and trying to open this up quietly. That's a 10. Okay. Um, Let's see. I'll roll some disadvantage here. That's not good for me. Gosia starts stirring. As your foot causes a floorboard to creak loudly, um, you'll be losing uh, any advantage you would have had on stealth in this room. She's not fully awake, but it's like, mm-hmm. 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 oh, just, uh, just five more pages, just five more pages. Okay. Um, she's got two bags. Yeah. She's got one that's like a backpack and one that's like a messenger bag. Yeah. I'm going to throw the Hail Mary here. Let's go for it. I stand perfectly still, mm-hmm. right? I don't want to make a stealth check here. I mean, you're at the bags. You don't have yeah. to make another stealth check for either of these. Uh, I know. I'm just trying to figure out how far I want this to go. Uh, I'm so worried right now. <laughs> okay. Let's check the first bag. The backpack or the messenger bag? The messenger bag. Okay. You open it up. There are... A number of journals. These, oh, yeah, they're slight in here. Just a quick glance at the first couple of pages. These are all notes for her trip over here. Surprisingly full, considering how short that trip is for her. But they do go to great lengths to detail everything. Further investigating, you find currency for various different regions, including this one. So there's like a pouch marked Saracar. There's a pouch marked Celestia. There's a pouch marked Amranor. Just in case. They didn't mm-hmm. know where they were going to have to go. Mm-hmm. So she brought some coins that would be, well, gold and silver and bronze are accepted everywhere. Mm-hmm. But having the local currency sometimes helps a little bit. Paints you less as an outsider. And as you continue searching down, you hit a small leather case. And opening it up, you see those gloves with the pair of wings on the back hand, the back of the hands. These are definitely the ones your father were men- was mentioning. Cool. I've uh, got what I came for. How much of this are you taking? Oh, I'm just taking the gloves. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, that is all I'm taking. I don't know if you wanted some free money. No, nope, some free notes. Not not concerned about the money or the notes. Just the one thing. Now, how hard do I want to try to cover my tracks? How lucky am I feeling? How deep in her sleep does she appear to be? Not very right now. Because I just that, yeah, because yeah. that floorboard. Like she's stirring. She's not awake. Awake. But like any other little noise, you think like, oh yeah. So if I were to just stand here for an hour, that's not going to have her wake up. No. Why do you need to stand around for an hour? Because I have a spell that requires a concentration of an hour. (gasps) It's a casting time of an hour or you can Uh, concentrate on it for an hour? While you concentrate on this ability, yeah. If you reach the ability's full duration, the target missed, make three intelligence saving throws and you plant a memory or an idea in its mind. Oh. Oh. What is this ability? It's called Phantom Idea. Okay. Please read through it because I, I, I'm i willing to fun. entertain this. Yeah. Go ahead and read. While you concentrate on this ability, you probe one creature's mind. The creature must remain within 30 feet of you. Pretty easy if they're asleep, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you must be able to see it. If you reach the ability's full duration, the target must make three intelligence saving throws and you plant a memory or an idea in it which lasts for a number of hours based on the number of saving throws it fails. You choose whether the idea or the memory is trivial, uh, there's suggestions here, right? Um, or personality defining. Uh, with one failed save, the idea or memory lasts the next four hours. With two, it lasts 24. And with three, it lasts 48. Okay. What is this false memory you're trying to implant into her? Very simply that she didn't pack the gloves. Huh. So if all goes well tomorrow, when she goes looking through her bag, she'll be like, I swore I had my towel. Where's my towel? Exactly. It's, <laughs> you're the worst. You're the worst. All right. She's pretty smart. Mm-hmm. Uh, DC is 16. Okay. Let's do these. Uh, yeah, let's just do them all at once. Seven, a 12, and a 16. So one of those is success. So for the next 24 hours, she just believes she didn't pack them. <sighs> and now I need to get out of the room. Yeah, you do. Let's get out of this room. How are you doing it? Um, I'm just, uh, I've, got the, I've got the power. I'm just going to go misty form it out. Okay, you're gone. These freshly stolen memory gloves in your possession and you are gone. I mean, there's probably a better name for these things. Like, they probably have a much more precise name for them, which I'm going to have to... Yeah. Uh, Scott didn't see this one coming tonight. I mean, I gave him the gloves for a reason, but... uh, All right. All right. Cool. (laughs) Ioana's got the Celestial's memory journal gloves. Oh, I am terrified about what she's going to do with them. And Ioana just mists away. Darvin and Aranis. Yes. Kicking things off in the blue crab. Yes. As the dwarves are hard at work loading equipment to the shore to prepare for the excavation. The blue crab's a happening place. There's a lot of people here. All of these different representatives, everybody who is manning the ships that showed up. So it's pretty full. Those sailors are keeping their cool. You don't have to worry about a fight tonight. Unless things go real south. Always possible. Arnis, are you going right to the stage? Sorry, are you going straight to performing? Or are you going to drink and socialize first? I will drink and... I'm not going to seek out socialization this evening, given what has happened this evening, but I do want a beverage in me before I start playing. Okay. Are you drinking with Darwin? I suppose so, yeah. Okay. Now that we sort of are on speaking terms again. <laughs> you we weren't? Well, not that we like weren't purposefully. We just kind of, since it had happened, I'd kind of like shut everybody out and just been drinking mm-hmm. and doing whatever. Yeah, and I kind of did too. Things were weird for a while. Yeah. <laughs> Is there anything the two of you want to talk about before I make things happen? Um, The only thing that I want to like... I could, actually like out loud say to him is is that i'm really sorry that i threw quorum under the bus <laughs> the metaphorical bus because there's no such thing as buses here <laughs> threw him under the wagon cart yeah. right like the i'm really cart. i'm really sorry that 
that I did that. He's a god, Ernest. I think you can handle it. You're fine. Okay. Okay. What are y'all drinking tonight? All right. I I I, I would be drinking ale. Okay. That's what I drink. Darwin. Wine usually. Wine. All right. He's fancy because of man. my fancy upbringing. He is a fancy man. Without his fancy clothes. Without my oh, fancy clothes. no more fancy clothes. It's all right. I got a fancy leg to make up for. <laughs> you just have to buy some more. Ernest yeah. is loaded. Not anymore. <laughs> I used all that money to buy my fancy he leg. He got like 7,000 gold from what's his face. You got all those diamonds? Yeah. I have what we casually refer to as a fuck ton of money. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anyways. Anyways. Money woes aside. As you finish up your first round, Cynthia, your half-orc friend, she will approach you with another round of drinks. Both of you roll perception. All right. Aranis? 19. Darvin? 18. Hey! Check that out. Check us out. (laughs) You've both been here for several weeks now, and you've both spent a significant time in the Blue Crab, from what I understand. So you've certainly seen Cynthia's condition advance. Arnis, you may recall that part of it cracked during that bar fight. A spot on, where did I say it was? Was it on the side of her face or her shoulder or something? I thought it was on her shoulder. Okay. A spot on her shoulder. And as she's bringing you the two drinks and she's setting them down on the table in front of you, you both notice that that part on her shoulder where it cracked has actually started to peel away a bit. Cynthia's a half-orc. Normally greenish complexion. Underneath that, though, quite pale. Almost like uh, almost like skin that hasn't seen sun before. What the hell? Oh, Arnis and Darvin, it's so good to see you in here again. Enjoy your drinks. I hope you're going to be playing something for us. How'd that meeting go? Was everything okay? <laughs> Uh, it's, it's fine. It, it'll be fine. <laughs> it's good to hear. Let me know uh, when you need another drink. Of course, you know, if you're going to play, tips are fine. <laughs> Unless anyone else is scheduled, I was going to actually get started in really schedule just a few here. minutes. I mean, you just play. I figured I just wanted to be polite. You're not in Honey Hollow. <laughs> It's not Quince's turf. (laughs) So do you want to get up and play? Yes, I do, of course. All right. Of course, of course. What are you playing, Arnis? So at this point, I've been playing here for, like, a while. I have, like, I have a standard opening and a standard closing song, and then sometimes I, like, riff on stuff in the middle, or I try out new things, or I, like, or I have, like, a standard set that I will play all the way through. Today, I'm not interested in trying anything new. And I play what I would call my standard set. So, Mm -hmm. like, opening to closing, it's designed to, like, get people excited, give them a chance to relax and get more beverages somewhere in the middle, and then, like, pump them up to the end so that they're like, encore, encore, and I have to play, like, three more things. (laughs) That's the idea. Now, whether or not the dice are on my side is <laughs> yeah, a whole no, I mean, other thing. This is thing. the set. Like, you know what this? You know what you built this set to do? Yeah. Go ahead and give us a performance roll. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> and then she rolled a two. <laughs> and rolled still a die got first. a twenty. <laughs> no, that's not quite how it works. It's not. It's not that high of a bonus. Oh well, but. <laughs> um so that's gonna be a 31 that is some good ass sweet caroline arnis is in fine form tonight superb even almost as if he's feeling lighter for some unknown oh. reason is that it? <laughs> the guilt's gone? No. <laughs> but. Okay. <laughs> yeah, everybody's into it. People are drinking. People are cheering along. Darvin, how are you enjoying the show? Excellently. Okay. He's probably heard it before, though. 
Yeah, I but I wouldn't be here if I didn't like it. <laughs> That's fair. How much attention are you giving to Aranis up there performing? Is this all eyes on Aranis? Are you uh, people watching? Yeah. Are you looking for somebody to talk to? What's up? I've seen this before, so probably 50% watching, 50% just kind of keeping my eye on the bar. Not specifically looking for social interaction. Okay. Sorry, you don't have to be the one looking for it. Um, <laughs> I rarely do. It's going to come to you. Arnis is putting on a great show. Yeah. Darvin, are you drinking more during the show? Yeah, a little bit. Okay. I didn't used to drink until very recently, at least not heavily. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to end up, you know, overdoing it, especially. It's wine. I'm... I mean, yeah, you could get really strong wine, or you can get really mild wine. I mean, this isn't that weak-ass elven wine, is it? <laughs> this isn't the wine from Earl. The 1% alcohol wine. Um, no. The lowest wine you're getting here is like 10%. Okay. I'm definitely not overdoing it. Okay. So, as you're listening to Aranis's show, watching the crowd, they're all very much into it. And it's at one of the moments when you're watching Aranis up there performing, seemingly having a grand old time. You know, your footsteps behind you, and a hand sets down another glass in front of you. It's like a wine glass, but it is much smaller, uh, like an aperitif or something. Mm. And as you look, expecting to see Cynthia, instead, you see Mistress Sangal <laughs> with Ikiri. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, she hands you the drink, and Ikiri sits down next to you, where Aranis was just previously. Evening. Oh. Evening. <laughs> Hope you don't mind that. Uh, we procured you a drink. I won't complain. <laughs> Wonderful. So tell me, have you been traveling with Aranis and his loot for very long? Um. Mr. Grimm. Um. I mean. <laughs> time is such a relative thing. It's been. It's been, you know, time. Now, ever since I heard your friend playing in the street there, I've been trying to hire him a little bit more full-time. <sighs> Unfortunately, he's been... hesitant. I've tried paying him more and more and more. It's not working yet. You wouldn't happen to have any insight on what I might be able to offer. Well... He's pretty preoccupied with this withering. As are many. To help us fix it, he may be more willing. No promises, just saying. Well, I certainly have resources I could put forth to that effort, but I can't promise anything soon. Whereas I would like to have a show soon. Is there nothing else the two of you might want? What else? What do we want? Sorry, I correct myself. Is there nothing else the three of you might want? Uh. <laughs> well, I mean, he's uh, talking about M as a as an entity, right? Is yeah. he? That's he's including M. He's in including that M. Uh, I'm guessing. Uh. But the obvious answer is okay. get, still get oh, right? back. <laughs> Would you know anything about what's the right way to phrase this? It's not the. There is one thing that he may be receptive to if you could help with. I'm all ears. It's a little bit difficult to explain and requires some suspension of disbelief, perhaps, but you were at our meeting earlier, yes? No. No, he was not. Mavic was at the meeting. Ikiri did not attend. Okay. Did you hear then about... I've heard. I understand what that meeting was for. Did you hear the result of it and what... Yes, of course. And do you believe that? I'm not sure if I should disbelieve it, so I might as well give it a shot. Okay. With that in mind, what I'm about to tell you might be equally difficult to believe. But we lost a friend. And oh? a pretty dear friend who has and also pretty convenient to have in a scrape, if you know what I mean. <laughs> he glances at Mistress Sangal. I know exactly what you mean, friend. And so I don't know for a hundred percent, but I have a feeling if you could help us find a way to get our friend back, that would probably be the best way to Aranus's uh, heart. Hmm. Aranus, as you're performing, 
probably getting to the like the back third of your set. You notice Akiri sit down with Darvin. How do you react to that? As I'm like in the middle of playing and I like notice them just like take seats mm-hmm. with Darvin, my eyes widen just for a moment like oh what is happening here but nothing other than that like i keep playing okay at that point so it's i think just after darvin says you know retrieving a friend would help ikiri looks up to the stage and waves at you (laughs) to get your attention aranis and he gives like a little like you know finger up like you know i've got something for you like, me, you, talk. And he motions to Mr. Sengal, who sets down another small glass of liqueur just in an open seat there at the table for whenever you're ready. And he turns back to Darvin. Well, there's no harm in trying, but I do have a token of good faith I would like to deliver if your friend is willing to accept it. I cannot speak for Arnis. No, 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 I'm sorry. I realize, I realize the confusion. I will help Aranis if they're willing to accept my help. Okay. But I'm to understand it is not simply the two of you as a token of good faith. I have a present for your friend Vale. I see. If you're willing to accept it. On Vale's behalf? Are they not here? So, remember how I said we needed help finding a friend? That would be Vale. I see. And you're probably going to want to ask me where they are, too, because that's going to be a factor. Well, then I just don't know if this gift is of any meaning now. What is it? Roll persuasion. Ugh. Eight. Oh, I've been following the tales of the Bard's Rebellion for some time. I believe it's something that would help them find some peace in this world. Interesting. Um, is there anything you want to talk to Akiri about? Because I think now he's just willing to wait patiently for Arnis to get off the stage and join them. Sorry, and to join you all at the table. So you really don't want to ask me where Vale is? You said you lost a friend. You lost Vale then, I assume. We did. That sounds tricky to say the least. It is. But I can do what I can, provided Aranus is willing to uh, perform. I guess I'll let you iron out the details with him then, and again, I don't speak for him. I don't know that he's willing to. Hmm. By the way, Vela's in Quorum's room. (laughs) (laughs) He's not going to ask me, you ass. (laughs) No, he's not going to ask you. Why not? This is a rich jerk, that's why. No. Changes he assumes that nothing is out of his reach. Ah. <laughs> well, that's not as far away as they could be. Fair. In the meantime, is there anything I can do to help you persuade Arnis? Anything you need? I don't think so. Oh. An easier way to reattach limbs. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. But, but the thing is, I'm not gonna, you know. Ask that of him. No, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, like, take their side and trying to pressure into doing something you don't want to do. Oh, that's fair. Mm-hmm. I got you. I got you. All right. In which case, Arnis, when do you want to come down? Come speak to your friend. Come speak to Akiri. Um, or do you just not? <laughs> it's probably, like, okay, so I finished my set, and I've seen the drink sitting on the table, and I know that whatever is in it is not... It's not going to be my jam. It's just not. Nothing I drink comes in a glass that small. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, absolutely nothing. Cynthia um, doesn't even have glasses that small. So I, I go to the bar and I get another, I get oh. another ale from Cynthia. I tip her well because Power move. I did well. <laughs> um, I'm not refusing the thing on the table, but I know that like I'm gonna take a sip of it to be polite and it's not I'm not gonna like it. Like <laughs> it's just not mm-hmm. that's not me. You take a sip of it and it is sweet and <laughs> thick nope. and smooth. Nope. Like um <laughs> apple butter. Port. 
<laughs> apple butter is all this. Thing. I was actually gonna say like apple Honey? jasmine, <laughs> but yeah, with some butter in there maybe to help smooth it down. And I, I politely place it back on the table and ask him before I start drinking my own drink and like seeming rude. Uh, you wanted to talk to me? Yes, of course. I realize that money alone can't convince you to come with me for a show to uh, perform for me. So I came bearing gifts of a different nature. Your friend Darvin here says you might need some help with this excavation with this retrieval of a friend of yours, which I was more than happy to assist with, if that would put me in your good graces. But as a show of good faith, I've brought a gift for your friend Vale, um, but then I am told that they are the one missing. I was unaware of that, but if it's something that you would take on their behalf... You would need only uh, accompany me to a small island just offshore, which you've sailed in. You know there's not an island offshore. Um, to a private residence of mine. I can give that to you, and you can perform for me, and then I can see you have whatever assistance you need in retrieving your friend. There are no islands offshore. It's a temporary arrangement. What? <laughs> I love dumb artists. That's not like that's not meant no, to. Know, that's not meant to be rude or anything. That's just like it's there now. It islands won't are islands. always be. It'll move later. So it's a ship. In a way. <laughs> Why'd you call it an island? You'll see. What? If you come, you'll see. I apologize. <sighs> what? <laughs> <laughs> You're to I'm merely trying to find a way to hire you and your loot to perform. You've made it fairly clear that money is not your goal. You're talking about impossible things. And so is your friend <laughs> the here. woman who killed a god. <laughs> a dead god. A friend in Corum's realm. Living. Still. I... It's a simple private show, Arnis. You've done it once. What more could one more hurt? Oh, I know. Like, how dangerous even fake the two of them are. And I'm just... I'm trying to decide. Arnis's instinct is to be, like, brutally and bluntly honest right now. And I just... I don't trust you. <sighs> Darvin, help me out here. I <clears throat> what? <laughs> <laughs> How can I show my trustworthiness? I Darvin. Ciarnus is an excellent judgy character. I don't know what that means. I don't know either. Would you feel more comfortable if Darvin came with us? I have one more person that would need to come with us as well. If this is a lead up to going to get Vale. Mm-hmm. Well, to understand your friend Vale is missing, so your Tamani friend then. I can ask Sam, but That's not who you meant? That's not who I meant. The Baron? No. They seem a little under the weather. Mm, no. He's Who else isn't? He's who else have you befriended? Not much good for a round here. It's fun watching him guess. <laughs> Some of this information is too new for him to have at the moment. I know. <laughs> <sighs> Who? Uh, a new acquaintance. Goes by EO. Don't know if you mm. want your full name out there. So we'll go with the nickname. Mr. Sangal leans down like whispers into his ear. Oh, oh, yes. Uh, yes, I recall her now. Hmm. And do you trust her? I assume you trust Darvin here. Or would she need to be kept under watch? No, no watch necessary. She and I have aligned goals at the moment. Okay. Huh. 
Oh my God, am I going to do this? I feel so gross. I know. Really, really gross. I feel, oh God. Dirty, don't you? Oh, I feel so. You're so bought and paid for. I so (laughs) want Veil back. (laughs) Hmm. Or, I mean, even if not back, I want them not to be stuck in (laughs) Coram's realm. Whether or not they decide to continue adventuring is up to them. Okay. Um, hmm. Interesting, interesting. Seems like we're going to be spending more time out there than I had originally thought. So, Arnis, I will let you bring, bring the others along. That's fine. However many you wish. Hmm. As long as you can vouch for them personally. <laughs> Provided I get a, just one song before we go. I was willing to trust you and Darwin and Vale, but these others I don't know. Here or yeah, just like, like here at the table. Sure. Right. This is so weird. I have no idea what's going on and I'm really I'm really worried for my poor loot. All right. Roll performance here. What type of song are you playing for Ikiri? Well, I just finished like a really like kind of raucous end to a set and so I would be I like I don't want to like start it up again and so it's probably something really mellow and like low key because i'm not attempting to attract a ton of attention mm-hmm. by playing oh that's fine right he'll now. be more than okay with a nice low key song oh i'm sure he will i just makes it seem so much more private so much yeah i did i did well that's <laughs> a that's a that's a 32 so much more intimate a performance god in the private sense, not the <laughs> sexual sense. Sure, okay. <laughs> His eyes become transfixed on M as you play, and as she sings along, she's rather enjoying the attention. As you finish, he stands up and motions to Mistress Sangal, who will hand you another small pouch, and then he will whisper something to her, like lean down, whisper in her ear, and she will open up a small bag inside her robe. Like she'll open up part of her robe and reach in and there's like a small bag in there. And she pulls out two small, oh, you said Ilana as well, three small pouches. Just uh, maybe like five or six inch squares, a couple inches thick, wrapped in fine blue paper with a silver ribbon. She'll set them down in front of you. Arnis, Darwin, we can leave whenever you're ready. Now is fine with me, but I understand if you need a moment. Do we need a moment? Well, we need some time. Don't have a lot of stuff. Don't have a lot of stuff. And uh, Eo over there. And I want to talk to Sam. Mm. Okay. Yeah, we could leave in like an hour or something, right? Ish. Probably. We will be at the dock. We've got a small ship there. Like that small, like long boat that they came ashore on. We have a small ship there. Can take us back to the main boat where we can head out to the island. Ready whenever you are. He and Mr. Sengal head towards the door. He stops at the bar uh, to speak with Cynthia for just a moment, puts down a nice stack of gold, and just like waves across the bar. This is for everybody. My God. Then he walks out. He just bought a round for the house without saying he was buying a round for the house. (laughs) That's the most like baller move (laughs) in the world. Because when you buy around for the house, it's everybody in the room loves you, and you can get that glory to do it silently is ridiculous. Um. Okay. For the first thing I do is look in the like small pouch that I was handed. Mm-hmm. There's five hundred and seventy gold in there. Motherfucker. <laughs> he knows money is not your thing, so he's keeping the gifts small this time. That's still so much money. <laughs> isn't it like yeah, a we thing? Don't isn't it like have to worry about money? Okay, citizen will make like a gold a month. Like <gasps> oh, he thing? is like this is just yeah. obscene. He's throwing down like lifetimes worth of money yeah. at you. Well, thanks. Scott felt bad. We don't have any money anymore. No, no, that's not why you're getting all this money. <laughs> no, no, there's no, there's an expectation behind this there's, money. There's gross strings attached <laughs> to this money. And I'm feeling myself being bound right. into a spider's web. <laughs> All right, Darwin and Arnis. What's up? Can I look in those, like, pouches? In sure. one of them? Just see what it is? 
sure, you grab one, pulling the ribbon open, or are you just tearing this open? Pull the ribbon. Okay, being respectful and everything. How nice. Uh, you open it, you unwrap it. Inside, despite its small size, is a fine, very thin blue silken robe. One for each of you. Like a, not like a bathrobe, but I guess more like a jumper. Like there are legs, but it's all very loose. Cool. That'll replace my fancy clothes. You're actually going to wear it? Oh, it's nice. The fabric is very soft. Yeah, only- it's very soft. It breathes excellently. Yeah. I only wear and tight pants. And you'll look nice for your trip out to the island. No, I'm chill. All right. One of those is definitely for EO. So I, p- I pick up everything, and I guess, I guess we have to go see... Yolana. Okay. You know where my room is. Right. It's like down yeah. the hall from yours because I came running out of more, my room to come and save you. Yeah, you can find Eel. Okay. Give a knock. There's a little shuffling and the door opens. Arnest, I wasn't expecting to see you. Hi. You still want to go get Vale? That is my number one goal, yes. Oddly. I may have a way to do it. When do we leave? As soon as I talk to Sam. I like that guy. Me, me too. Okay, I'm just gonna. Do you want me to go with you? Do you want to? Are you getting Sam now? Like, or are you waiting until morning? Or what's up? I was gonna go talk to him now and then see if like he. I guess we're late in the evening. I don't really want to leave now. Oh yeah, no. This is after you're set. This um, is late. I'll go see if he's. I'll see if he's awake. Just you, or is everybody going? Who wants to go? Awkwardly, I don't know that I would invite you to go. <laughs> like, I'd ask Darwin to go, but I'd say if you, like, you know, if there are things that you need to pack and get ready, do so and we'll leave in the morning. I'm not going out to a weird, creepy island in the middle of the night. I'm not doing yeah, that. Yeah, no, that doesn't sound fun. No. No? No. All right. I'm going out to your weird, creepy island, but I'm not going there in the middle of the night. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Darwin, you going to speak with Sam too? Sure. All right. Where is Sam? Oh, yeah. Sam's not in a great place. Nope. He's been spending almost all of his time in Tamani form. He and Sniffins. And it's late enough in the evening. He does have a room here. He has not been spending anywhere near as much time visiting other guests as you <laughs> had experienced in the past. <laughs> Um, so when he's not in his room, there's actually a nice small spot just past the tree line where he likes to curl up just under the moon and kind of rest peacefully out in nature. I think that's where you find him. He's sleeping. He did start curled up, but he's kind of like twitching, fitting a little bit in his sleep. Not a good sleep. Not a not a peaceful sleep. Uh, mm, I hadn't really planned on waking him up, but I feel like I should. I kind of... Gently put a hand on his on his shoulder. Okay. Even with a light touch, he wakes with a start, like a jump, and his feet kick out, and like the sound of brush getting kicked. And his first reaction upon waking up is a mix between fright and anger. And then he recognizes both of you. He calms down a little. <sighs> sorry, I wasn't expecting you here. Uh, you know, I would. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. How are how are things? What's what's going on? Um, I recount to him basically like the events of the last day <laughs> about the meeting and all of that, and um, this like strange offer that may help us get back Vale. And that I wanted to come see him just to, one, let him know where we were going, but two, Mm -hmm. ask if he wanted to come with us and tell him, of course, you don't have to. You can stay here. I remember that man. He he came here on that ship with those others. Uh, Is the bear going with you? The bear? The, The polar bear. The Tamani bear. I don't know. If he's going, I'll go. I need, I want to speak with him. One of the glamour, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
My guess is yes, but we can ask before we get on the boat to go out to the other boat to go out to the <laughs> island, which I still am not sure exists. But I've seen hmm. a lot of weird stuff. If that Tamani's going, I'll go with you. Okay. I'm, if you want me there, I'll be there. That's up to but you. If I can talk with that, if he can introduce me to the bear, yes. Okay. We'll ask. We're going to meet down at the docks at, I don't know, I give him a time or a sun location or something for the morning. Like sunrise, morning, after breakfast? After breakfast. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Are you all having breakfast together? Um, Darwin and I are probably having breakfast probably. together. What I'm about? assuming there's some like little like cafe area oh, in, yeah. the hotel. in the hotel. Yeah, there's a little spot for people to eat. I mean, breakfast. Like we would go down and have breakfast together. I'm I'm guessing, and then Is I come down expecting to have breakfast alone, and I see them, and I join them. I figured. Hey I figured that was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> so where are we going? What's the plan? Sam joins you. He's only drinking a very hot tea. This was this? Oh, you. <laughs> when do we go? As soon as we've eaten. All right. You'll have a pleasant breakfast. The portions aren't as big as they normally are just because there are so many people here. The breakfast plates are getting smaller and smaller. I'm fine with that. Supply and demand, y'all. Supply and demand. And after you've had your fill, however much or however little that is, you all head down to the dock where Mistress Sangal and Akiri the Ageless have been waiting all night. And with that, we'll bring this chapter to a close. But the story will always continue. Thanks again to all of our Patreon patrons for your support. If you'd like to become a patron, go to patreon.com slash Podcast and pick out a level that's right for you. Before we go, I'd like to give special thanks to everyone at the $5 and up tiers. At the $5 City Council level, thank you, Tucker Tuttle and Shannon DeMello. At the $10 Mayor level, thank you, Christopher DeMello and Sierra Jones. At the $15 Governor level, thank you, Phoenix Bryan. Thank you for listening to this chapter in Seasons of Skyrend. If you like what you heard, please leave us a 5-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find us. If you want to chat, we're on Twitter at Skyrend Podcast. You can join our Discord server, or you can email us at skyrenpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us online at skyrenpodcast.com. As always, we want to thank Vanessa Blocklin for our podcast art. You can find more of her work on Twitter at Art by Vanessa B. And thanks to Daryl Dibber Reckonos for creating our theme music. You can find more of his music at dibbermusic.com and on Twitter at dibbermusic. Dibber spelled D-I-B-U-R. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time on Seasons of Skyrend.